1: Welcome, everybody, to Soccer 101. My name is Taylor Rockwell, and this week we're talking about wonder kids. No, not Nathan Shelley, from Ted Lasso. It's teenage phenoms. What makes a wonder kid a wonder kid? Where does the term come from? Why are we so fascinated by them? All that and much, much more. Here with me to help break it all down is the wonder kind of pie consumption. It's Graham Ruffin. Hello, Graham.
2: (laughs) Hello, Taylor Rockwell. I will take... That title. I'm looking forward to this episode, but is it a bit rude to talk about Wonder Kids without the TSS Wonder Kid himself, Joe Lowry, on this episode? Should we have invited him along for I mean, he is some...
1: the, the obvious example, right? Let, let's yeah. just start there. Joe is the Wonder Kid of, of soccer podcasting. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's uh, he's about to flame out at any moment because of the the workload. He's being pedried <laughs> yeah. by
2: us uh,
1: at the moment, but... For now, yeah, he's, he's a wonder kid. All the hype and expectation. And really, he hasn't yet done it at the podcast World Cup. So until he really reaches that <laughs> level, we don't know for sure if he if he is truly a goat. Graham, let's talk about it for a moment. Uh, what is a wonder kid in soccer and how much of it relates to football manager?
2: Actually, I hadn't thought of that, but potentially, yes, it is yeah. maybe linked to Football Manager. It is a it is a word that is used when you get your scouting reports through. They will say like a uh, world-class defender. That's a whole other discussion that we had on the uh, on listener questions this week. But one of their categorizations is Wonder Kids. And if you see the term Wonder Kids on your talent and your scouting report, you sign that player as quickly as you can. So I hadn't thought of that. But yeah, it kind of does feel like it's become a term since Football Manager, Championship Manager before that. Um, has been popular. Obviously, it is a term, wonder kid, that is also used outside soccer to mean a prodigy of some kind. But you definitely hear it a lot in in soccer. So it's basically a young player who shows a great deal of promise and potential at a very very young age. They they might be um we'll, we'll talk a little bit about different kinds of wonder kids. But just to touch that base quickly, they might be someone that you haven't seen first team play first team football, someone who's in a youth academy, but there's a lot of buzz around, maybe some media reports around this player. Or it could be someone who has burst onto the scene and is already doing it at the kind of senior level on the big stage.
1: Graham, to take it like an even to an even nerdier level, I think like the the definition that I like that I found was a young person whose excellence in his or her discipline is appropriate to someone older and more experienced. Does that get at what you're talking about with the potential? Because potential and promise are sort of difficult things to get your head around, yeah. unless it is FIFA, in which case you have potential as an actual measured thing Uh, to me it feels more like when you've observed a 16 year old do certain things that a 16 year old normally would not be able to do and that's not just physical size or speed that can be decision making it can be finishing ability or reading of the game all those things I think factor into it a bit
2: yeah, it's basically a player who is abnormally good for their age, right? I, I, I mean, who am I to disagree with uh, what sounds like a dictionary definition <laughs> of what this term what this term means? But I would disagree to a certain extent in that you can have wonder kids who you watch and you can see there's still certain elements of their game mm-hmm. to develop. I guess the, the most uh, obvious, the most common factor aspect would be like physicality like players who have still to bulk up a little mm-hmm. bit and maybe they don't quite have the physicality to succeed in the senior game. But yeah, it's it's a player who at a very young age, you watch them play and you think, yeah, that's not normal. They're they're clearly above others
1: in their age group. Uh, I'm going to jump around a little bit in the running order for a moment. When we talk about the origin of the term, uh, it seems to be German. It seems to come mm. from Wunderkind. Uh, child, child prodigy, entered into English in the 1890s. I couldn't find much more than that. Uh, Graham, a- anything to add on the origin of the term?
2: No, I think wunderkind, the German word, of course, it's one of these <laughs> words that's carried over from German into English, like, uh, well, what's the one I'm thinking of? Schadenfreude. That's what mm. I'm thinking of as a, as a German word. But we were talking about this um, before we started recording, I feel like it's something that was said by a few people, and then other people have misheard what's been mm-hmm. said. And so, because Wonderkin and Wonderkid both sound alike and kind of mean the same thing, we've just in English we've just kind of adopted the word Wonderkids. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like that's probably the, the the origin of the term. I couldn't find I couldn't find a, 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 the use of that word before the nineties when I went back and looked through like archive newspaper articles that I found. Um, I think the original first soccer wonder kid has to be Pele. So he he plays for Santos at the age mm. of 15. He won mm-hmm. a World Cup at the age of 17. I found an archive newspaper article from when he made his debut for, for Santos. It was included in, in, a, in an article that I found. Uh, didn't call him a wonder kid. Didn't use that term. Didn't use the term wonder either, but did call him the most talented young player ever produced by Brazil, ever to come out of Brazil. So kind of basically did the same thing but I feel like uh the term really became a thing once coverage of world football started to grow and fans could it's always fun to spot one of these players for yourself um you know if you're at a game yourself and there's a 16 year old or 17 year old on on the pitch I think once coverage of world football and more games started to be put on television and be
1: broadcast around the world yeah I think this term started to proliferate and what like makes the difference between like an exciting young player and a wonderkind wonder Kid. Like, what would you say is the definitive archetypal version of a wonderkid? So, when I think of a wonder Kids or wonderkind, whatever term we're using, I'm
2: very yeah, confused we're just now. Keep uh, going. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, there are there are certain things that that come to mind. So, this is kind of purely subjective, I guess. But I think of a young player who can dribble, who can beat an opponent with a piece of skill, and someone who can score eye-catching goals. I think in the social media age that last thing or just eye-catching moments is probably quite important because you need to be able to produce those viral clips that will earn you the Wonder Kid tag. So um, like some nationalities when I I think of, when I hear of Wonder Kid, Brazil seems to produce a lot of Wonder Kids. Norway more recently seems to like have a good record with Wonder Kids. Oscar Bob, uh, Odegaard, Haaland. And America is the other country I think of when I Mm. I hear the term uh, Wonder Kid. Funnily enough, um, I think there's been a few American Wonder Kids. But I think there's such a fascination with Wonder Kids because soccer fans are always obsessed with what's next and it's sort of linked to the constant chatter around transfers, right? It's always about the next big signing or the next great player to come through. It's always... Who's the next Messi going to be? Who's the next Maradona going to be? Who's the next Pele? Who's the next Ronaldo? Um, and I think, just to come back to my American point there, I think there is a particular interest in American wonder kids because the US is searching for that kind of first true superstar, the, the first kind of Ballon d'Or player out of, out of America. And, and Brazilian wonder kids, I think, always get attention because they have that it's like two ends of the spectrum right america hasn't produced that ballon d'Or player we feel like the size of the country it could do that whereas brazil has this this long history of producing those players so there's people look to that country because we've had
1: so many wonder kids come out of brazil a couple questions for you there i think the way you described it like somebody who can dribble beat people with skill uh score eye-catching goals does that all indicate that for you a wonder kid has to be an attacker
2: I think so. Yeah. I mean, that might be unfair, but it, is a, it does seem to be a term that's only used for attacking players. As mm. I say, it might be unfair, but you're not exactly going to get a viral clip of a centre-back making a good clearing header or like yeah. tracking a runner into the box well. They, they're very talented. Obviously, you get very talented defenders and goalkeepers, whatever, uh, defensive-minded players at a young age. But I just think you're not going to see them called a wonder kid in the sun or like the mirror or one of the tabloids i just think that's a term reserved for attacking players
1: yeah i I would agree uh largely i would agree Uh, because where i'm looking at it i think my definition was young obviously possessed of certain next level abilities and explodes onto the scene with a lot of hype behind them and i do think for defenders you can have a young (laughs) defender who has a good game or has a good moment but i think so much of that is physicality and size and stamina you don't really develop fully that until later on so I think it's harder for it to be a defender I could see it being a goalkeeper I can see a 16 year old starting for a club and making big saves and having really good distribution and that could be sort of eye-catching in its own way and go viral Mm. so maybe with goalkeepers but I agree largely speaking it does seem like it's going to be an attacker my follow-up question then becomes Graham when does one cease to be a wonder kid like at (laughs) what level are you just like a world-class player or are you a bust This feels like an adaptation of the
2: Jesse Lingard question. When or when or when do you stop being young? Jesse (laughs) Lingard is still still young. young. I think he's like thirty-two years old. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I have no idea how to answer that question. I I think it's just. I I feel like you're you stop becoming a wonder kid either when you fulfil your potential to some extent or you
1: just disappear entirely from view, which unfortunately happens to a lot of these players. I'm trying to remember who it was from Madrid. If it was Lucas Vasquez or Isco, like one of the first shows you were on, I think I referred to them as being like a youngster. And you're like, I think he's 26 or 27. Lucas so, yeah. yeah.
2: He like, was always <laughs> tagged. as He was the yeah. the Spanish Jesse Lingard. Yeah. People called him young for a long time. He was like
1: late 20s. Mm-hmm. So uh, do you feel like this is a thing that is unique to soccer? Because I do think we get this in... In many other sports, I think the yeah. NBA has it, Major League Baseball as well, hockey too. I think it's a little bit harder in the NFL, but I think there are plenty boom and bust uh, wonder kids, especially in the NBA. Yeah, obviously you get wonder kids in, in other sports. LeBron James, right? That, had a... I feel like I feel like that's a soccer term or maybe a European term that hasn't quite made it into American sports. I don't think we call them that, but... Wonder it's Kids, the right, idea. okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so the, yeah, the, the concept I think you get in, in other sports. Le, LeBron James, Um, I'm kind of speaking as an outsider here. You can correct me if I'm incorrect on certain things, Taylor. But yeah. he, um, Grant Wall did his uh, like, uh, Sports mm-hmm. Illustrated cover when he was still at high school. Is that correct? When he was 17, he was getting, yeah. Yeah, so he would certainly be classed as, as, as a Wonder Kid. Tiger Woods. There was video clips of him as like a 12-year-old playing golf very well. So a lot was expected of him from a young age. I could bore you with countless tennis uh, wonder kids. I think I no think thanks. where there is some difference um, is that a lot of other sports, particularly the traditional American sports, NBA has maybe been an, an exception because obviously LeBron James goes straight from high school into the, like the professional game. But am I right in saying that that's maybe not so common, and that players would go from high school to college to then the
1: professional game it used in a lot to be of sports? A rule that you had to, you and, right. and I think then that went away. I don't know where it is now. Like the NFL still has that, like you have to play college. I, th- I believe you have to play college for a couple of years, or you have to have something in between. You can't come straight out of high school. Yeah.
2: So a lot of these sports have, or other sports in general, have that that college. Mm-hmm. Uh, College buffer it exists to a certain extent in tennis as well. Um, but in soccer, there's not really that buffer. You know, you, you are signed at a young age by a professional club. You, you're not professional, but you'll be signed to pro-youth terms. And if you're good enough, they'll put you in the senior team as a 16 or 17-year-old. That's that's relatively, um, I wouldn't say common, but certainly not unheard of. It happens, right? Every, every season there are those players that follow that pathway. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe there are... Completely anecdotally, anecdotally, I don't have any data to, uh, to to back up this opinion, but it feels like maybe wonder kids and soccer are
1: a little bit more common for that reason. Uh- you have them in other sports. We already talked about that. You have your LeBrons, but then you also have your Sebastian Telfairs, a name that I'm going to guess Graham is less familiar with, but that's nope, another one. who I have not who, heard of that person. There's like a whole <laughs> ESPN documentary about him, and he's going to go pro out of high school, and what's it going to be like for him, and maybe he ends up getting, maybe he goes in the draft, I forget, but or he goes to college for a year, I can't remember, but he's a, he was one that like was going to be the next LeBron, he was going to be the next one, he was going to be the next Jordan, and then was decidedly not uh, which then like leads to the ideogram that like do we overuse this term like is it a thing that is just like if you're young and you score a few goals are we really quick to call people this because it feels like very quickly they cannot be at that status and then the hype and all the expectation is sort of busted and you are in a more negative position than maybe somebody in your peer group who didn't get that type of billing
2: yeah, I think we we overuse it all the time. Just yesterday, I was reading an article about the next American wonder kid, a fourteen-year-old that I'd never uh, hadn't heard of before, uh, Kevin Kevin Sullivan from the Philadelphia Union. Apparently, oh, yeah. Man City mm-hmm. are set to beat Real Madrid, PSG, and Bayern Munich to sign fourteen-year-old USA wonder kid Kevin Sullivan from from Philadelphia Union. Um it feels like yeah, there's there's a Wonder Kid every month, isn't there, in the in in, in the press. And of course there are yep. there are pitfalls that come from being labelled uh a, a, a Wonder Kid. I think the mistake a lot of people make is thinking that every Wonder Kid is destined to be a superstar, because if you ask people in coaching and recruitment, they'll say making that progression from potential to kind of like fulfilling the potential and becoming a senior player. That's the hardest bit of any player's career. That's the thing where that's the place where things can go wrong, and I guess the most obvious pitfall for a wonder kid is the pressure they're placed under from a young age. So having everyone talk about you, the media attention, the the notion that you're destined for the the top. A lot of young players, understandably, um, aren't able to handle it. I don't know what you were like as a fourteen year or fifteen year old Taylor, but I know I wouldn't have been able to. To, to handle that, I was barely able to get up for school on time in yeah. the morning. But, uh, I was basically
1: uh, that, but I still had the beard.
2: Right, <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> beard from 10 years old. Yeah, yeah. you're the wonder kid of uh, <laughs> of facial follicles. Yeah. Uh, and then there are other pitfalls. A lot of talented young players will also make bad career choices. So that could be joining a club for the money rather than the pathway that, you know, they can be provided by that club or or joining a club just not even because of the money, just because of the prestige. So a big club comes in for you. Obviously, that's very difficult to say no. If it's Real Madrid or Bayern Munich or Manchester United or whoever, if they're giving you a call, I can understand why that would be difficult to say no when even if the, the kind of first team opportunities are going to be hard to come by. And I think a lot of the time, I think young players are actually getting a little bit wiser in this regard and they're looking to clubs that might be able to give them more of a first-team opportunity. Ryan Gould, right, was the quintessential Scottish wonder kid. Broke through it, 15, 16 years old at Dundee United. He was playing first-team football in the Scottish Premiership. He was starring for that Dundee United team. And there was, I think, genuine chatter about Real Madrid being interested in him and Bayern Munich and Manchester United and all those clubs. He actually goes to um, Sporting in Portugal and his reasoning was, I'm going to get more of an opportunity at that club, which is sound. Now, it didn't really work out for him at Sporting, but I do think clubs are being, you know, you look at Jadon Sancho leaving Manchester City to go to Borussia Dortmund or Jude Bellingham actually is a mm-hmm. better example. At Birmingham City, he's got a choice between Borussia Dortmund and Manchester United. I'd hazard I guess he'd be paid more by Manchester United than Dortmund, he goes to Dortmund because he's he's, he's got a good head in his shoulders and he realises I'm going to get more of an opportunity at Borussia Dortmund to play more fo- first team football. And I think that is that it's fair to say it's worked out for for Jude Bellingham. So there are a lot of pitfalls there, and then of course, unfortunately, there's there's a lot of cases of young players who've been taken advantage of by agents and representatives who do what is best for them rather than what is best for the player. Maybe move the player around too often so that they get that new contract and maybe that
1: bolsters their wallet and their bank account a little bit but their development isn't really cared for so i want to talk about some wonder kids that made it some that didn't i have one question for you like that is maybe philosophical and slightly too deep but let's do some navel gazing shall we graham when a wonder kid does not end up making it to that world-class level they don't win the ballon d'Or, what have you Like, is it that they were a wonder kid and very talented, but didn't make it? Or in your mind, is it that they never should have been considered that because they weren't good enough to make it? Does that distinction make sense to you?
2: Yeah, I understand the question. It's going to be difficult to answer that in a broad sense, because I think it needs to be answered on an individual case-by-case basis. So there may be some players who never warranted that tag. But I think what is more common is that, and this this takes me back to the point I made about if you spoke to someone in coaching or recruitment or scouting, they will tell you that it's quite fluid, the assessment of players in different age groups. So just because someone is the best player as a, six or a five, 14 mm-hmm. or 15-year-old doesn't mean they're going to be the best player when they turn 17 or 18. Equally, the best 17 and 18-year-olds are not necessarily going to be the best 21 and 22 year olds. You know, players develop at different paces and that is the real skill in scouting and recruitment is trying to project how players will develop. Um, Not always easy and sometimes impossible. But yeah, I think in a lot of cases it's purely just um, uh, a misunderstanding of that process and how, players just because you're world or world-class what i'm talking about you're a wonder kid as a 14 year old doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a superstar when you're 23
1: that's really interesting because i think i air too much on the well they were never maybe they were never that good maybe we just overhyped them without like really looking into the details of why they didn't make that jump or what might have happened that prohibited them from making it to that next level so it's a good reminder to maybe not reminder to not paint too broadly with a brush while I'm asking you to do so in a question form. So there you go. Uh, let's go negative for a moment. Who are the most memorable ones that perhaps didn't pan out? I feel like we can't really go much further without talking about Freddie Adu at this point. Yep. Yeah. He's the obvious one.
2: He's the quintessential, the most notorious—if that's the right word—infamous, mm-hmm. uh, whatever. In an yeah. Pele,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. He, uh, if I, in a weird way, this is taking us off on a little bit of a tangent. I kind of wonder if Freddie Adu is the most famous—the most famous American soccer player globally in history. Yeah, I think so. Everyone knows Freddie Do. Yep. Every football fan knows that name, Freddie Do. They know that he, I mean, they might know, not know the story intimately, but they'll know a broad sense of, like, he was playing football at, at 15. They might remember the Nike deal, which I think was a big part of it, the fact that he gets that Nike, that Nike uh, sponsorship deal. Everyone knew Freddie Do's name at the time, yeah. and his name is stuck around. Like,
1: people still know that name. Uh, Yeah, the late Grant Wall uh, did a whole podcast series on Freddie Adu and sort of what happened with his career and why it went the way it did, but the highs and the lows along the way. Uh, and, And I think you're totally right, though, Graham, that he is a player that is probably known better than most American players. Maybe that gap is closing. I think it's also, frustratingly for me, a reason why people still sort of smirk at American soccer, not just because we call it soccer, but because like, oh yeah, Freddie, I do right. Yeah. You guys are going to win the world cup soon. It, it, it becomes one. And I think that's unfair. Cause I think t- to your earlier point, there was hype around him. It was backed up to some extent. I think he starts for DC United at the age of 14. Yeah. Uh, MLS makes FC Dallas give up their first pick or trade the first pick in the draft so that DC can get him. Cause he wanted to play for DC. Uh, and there is some justification for that hype, and then it doesn't work out. And I think that podcast series does a good job of sort of looking at why uh, and and what maybe went wrong along the way. But that is a great sort of introduction to the idea of a wonder kid and how it can go wrong. Uh, another one for me would be Ravel Morrison of Manchester yep. United. That's a player who was was built for big things, high expectations. Sir Alex Ferguson connected, and everybody thinks, "Oh, this is the next midfielder from Manchester United for ten to fifteen years." And that was very much not the case. And again, that is somewhat because of on-field stuff, and a lot because of off-field stuff.
2: Yeah, Ravo Morrison is is right up there as as, as well in my my list. Uh, Ferguson called him the the best young player he'd ever seen at Manchester United, which, when you consider. All the players who came through at Manchester United and went on to achieve great things is 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 quite the high praise. I um, Taylor, I don't know if you've ever kind of watched clips of Ravel Morrison as 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 a young player. I'm not going to pretend I ever watched them as a as a mm-hmm. teenager play like a full match or anything like that. But in terms of the highlight, real stuff, there's some in, there there's incredible yeah. things in there from Ravel Morrison, like goals from 35 yards or a ball played over the top, he takes a touch, he nutmegs a defender, he puts it beneath the goalkeeper. Like I can understand why there was so much hype around him. I don't think ability was ever the problem. And even even as he progresses into his senior career, which obviously wasn't as fruitful as a lot of people thought it would be, but I think he plays for, did he go to West Ham? And then he Mm -hmm. was at Derby County. And then of course he was in MLS um, latterly And it didn't really ever work out for, for him at those clubs either. But it was the consistency, it was the the buy-in, it was the commitment that was the issue for Ravel Morrison. Even at those clubs, you could see ability. You could see the talent that he had. Um, so this brings me back to my point that I made Great. earlier about the How many the clubs process. do you think
1: Ravel Morrison played for in his senior career?
2: Uh, I can I could probably only name. So West Ham, Derby, DC United are the only ones that I can remember, I think. But just rough guess.
1: Is six. 14. Excluding Manchester United. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Never played for Manchester United. And from there, it's a lot of loans all over the place. He played around the world. He's got a Lutz deal, sort of career. I think he bounced around a little bit. Uh, but I, well, I, guess Lazio. Only really I forgot he went to
2: Lazio. Wow. Yeah.
1: Okay. I only played four games for Lazio, though. Yeah. yeah it's I- a lot of single digit appearances uh, w- with a quickness uh, there. I remember him being like a really dynamic energetic player like he was the type of player who like once he was on a run it was really exciting to watch and there was a little bit of like looseness or a lack of control to it like Thomas Muller is the wrong player to compare him to but sort of like it always kind of looked out of control but then was always in control and he would meg people and then sort of over the years it became less and less was actually in control and more so just dribbling out of control as I, as I recall with Ravo Morrison uh, who are some other sort of cautionary wonder kids in your mind Graham
2: so another Manchester United youngster who burst through at a young age, Yay. Federico Makeda, who then didn't really do a great deal after that. There's the winning goal against, what's he Aston Villa? Um yep. Which is like the turn and then the shot mm-hmm. into the far corner. Makeda! Oh, yeah. Yep. It's a great goal. And at that moment people are calling him like Manchester City's next great striker, obviously didn't happen a few other quick names Uh, Kerlon, do you remember him, the Brazilian teenager who did the seal thing on his his head, like balanced the ball on his head, I kind of wonder if he got that tag purely because he could do that yep. piece of skill. I don't know if he was ever actually that good. So that, that might actually be one that fit your, fits your theory, Taylor, of he was never actually that good. Uh, Alan Halilovic, who was the Croatian teenager mm-hmm. who joined Barcelona when Barcelona were really good. He was meant to be like the next Messi or whatever. He didn't really do anything. Um, Bojan, Bojan Kerkic. Kirk- now, he actually had a decent... He didn't have a bad career, but people thought he was going to be like a Ballon d'Or level player. A couple others: Michael Johnson, the Manchester City oh, man. central midfielder. I think yeah. injuries kind of kind of did him in, to be honest. And I'm not sure if that was down to his commitment levels or anything like like that. Uh, Ganso, we spoke about him recently because mm-hmm. he plays for. Um, Fluminense, right? He was involved yep. in in that. Yeah, so he was... He's not had a bad career e- either, but he was very much... At Santos, he played with Neymar. There was It wasn't just Neymar. There was two of them. It was Neymar and Ganso. And the chat was, Neymar's gone to Barcelona. Where will Ganso go? Um, never really panned out for him. Has had a decent career in Brazilian football, but never happened for him in European football. Marco Marin. Remember him? The German... Did he go to Chelsea at some point, I feel like? He was at Werder Bremen as well.
1: So, yeah. Football, unfortunately, is littered with wonder yeah. kids who didn't fulfill their potential. Uh, two more. One of them Brazilian, Gabriel Barbosa, was one that has a ton of success in Brazil, makes the move to Inter Milan. That does not go well. And then it's a series of loans that ends with him back at uh, Flamenco, where he has made over 100 appearances. So he's had a good career. Yeah. But I remember he was another one similar to like the Gonzo Neymar era of like, oh, this guy's going to be the next Brazilian goal scorer who's the next Ronaldo, uh, original Ronaldo. And that was not the way that went. One one that I would be curious for your thoughts on Graham. You talked about him in the big show. Uh, Adnan Yanazai. would he mm. qualify? Yeah, I think so. Yep, he was. He must have been I like. Was, I think he was also seventeen when he first seventeen or eighteen. Playing. Maybe
2: 18 yeah. yeah, he was definitely a teenager in the in the it's the boys' season, right? Yeah, he breaks through at Manchester
1: United. Um, yeah, absolutely. He's 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 a wonder kid. And on the more positive side of things, we do have the occasional one where they get the hype. And then come good, maybe to varying degrees, but you mentioned him previously. Like Neymar would be an example where we yeah. heard about him from a very young age. Uh, he makes the jump and then has plenty of success and i think he while we do hear about a lot of brazilians who don't end up making that leap there are plenty who have along the way like i would say Vinicius is maybe another one that feels like he has justified that wonder kid hype maybe rodrigo to some extent uh maybe that's being too generous with it but i think i think there are plenty of uh brazilians who have made the leap and justified the billing
2: Yeah, absolutely, Pele. I mentioned him earlier. It was Mm -hmm. the original Wonder Kids. Um, That one worked out okay for him, considering he's, yeah, he's, he's, you know, widely seen as one of the best players in history. I know there's a bit of discussion around Neymar, as as you kind of reference, but has had a career at the elite level for what over a. I mean, he's playing in Saudi the the, the Saudi Pro League now, but for over a decade, he was at the elite level of of European football, having been hyped up from about the age of fourteen. Neymar was was hyped up as the next big thing. Um the 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 current one is Endrick who mm. is at, at Palmeiras he's already got a deal to go to Real Madrid he will join I believe in the summer he's going to Real Madrid he's already trained with the with Real Madrid, he's in the Brazilian senior squad i think he's 16 years old so he's the, he's the next one off the Brazilian conveyor belt Wayne Rooney i think is another one who deserves a mention similar to Neymar um there's a bit of debate over Wayne Rooney's career and Whether he could have achieved more. But the fact that the fact of the matter is he finished as England. Yeah, it's a little bit harsh. But I think that just says how Explosive and how eye-catching he was as a teenager. England thought they had like their messy level talent from, from with with mm. Wayne Rooney. That's I fair. think Wayne Rooney's career is actually really interesting because a, a lot of it because of that first impression. And he didn't really ever become that player, but he did finish as England and Manchester United's all-time top scorer, uh, and he won pretty much everything there was to win at club level. Um, and My that theory... all came from.
1: Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just to say that all came from him being a Premier League player at the age of of, of sixteen. My theory with Rooney has long been that basically it's just because he's playing, maybe this is unfair to put it this way, but how I would see it is like in Ronaldo's shadow. That Ronaldo is the man of that team uh, for those couple seasons when I feel like Wayne Rooney is playing at his prime. There's certainly a period afterwards in which Rooney is very important, but I just remember... The like is Ronaldo going to stay or go saga, and 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 amidst that, Rooney signed a contract extension, and at least for me, I was like, yeah, great, I don't care. Is Ronaldo going to sign? And I think like that that sort of maybe hurts some of the estimation of of him uh, in the long run because you sort of forget him and remember those teams just being yeah. Ronaldo teams.
2: And I think more laterally, a big part of the Rooney discussion is the fact that he he faded from relevance mm-hmm. much quicker than a lot of his peers. You know, he's, young, he's younger than Cristiano Ronaldo, who I know we could probably say has faded from relevance now, but he'll be playing at the Euros this summer, Cristiano Ronaldo. He's still playing in the yeah. Saudi Pro League. And Wayne Rooney has been a manager. It feels like his managerial career has flamed out in the time that uh, Messi and Ronaldo are still are still playing as as, as players. So, yeah, that's, that's part of it. One other player that I... A more recent example, who I really... Th- I used to think of or not used to think of I think a lot of people would have put him down as a a flopped wonder kid just a few years ago Mm. but has certainly come good recently in the last five years or so is Martin Odegaard so he he was signed by Real Madrid as I think a 15 year old Um, he seemed to have hit a wall at Real Madrid a couple loans hadn't gone so well then he goes to Real Sociedad everything changes for him at Real Sociedad he's the best player in La Liga the first season that he's there then Arsenal sign him, and now he's Arsenal captain, he's one of the best players, certainly, in his position in, in, in the Premier League. So, that just shows, to come back to my earlier point, um, not to labour it too much, that a lot of these players need the right circumstances to develop. They kind of all have talent, but they need to have, as I say, the right situation, they develop at their own pace sometimes. I think Martin Odegaard is a perfect example of that.
1: What do you think it is, then, that is so intriguing about wonder Kids? Why are, are we football fans so fascinated by them? Because, like, Talent is fleeting, and so maybe it's the idea that you get to watch a young player sort of achieve these heights, and then where are they going to go from there? How are they going to progress? Maybe it's just a little bit like wanting to be in on the ground floor of talent. I, I, I never really know what it is, but it feels like people jump, especially American supporters, I'll say. I, I won't speak to everybody else, but it feels like we are very quick to jump to the to the next flavor of the week, and who could be the next thing, mm. and who could be the next Messi, and who doesn't want to be the next Freddy Adieu. It feels like that happens really, really quickly, and I'm unsure why, aside from it's fun to be excited about a new thing.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of football fans, including myself, have that affliction. It's linked to transfers, right? It's always who's next, mm-hmm. who's next, mm-hmm. who are we signing next? And it's a similar sort of principle with, with Wonder Kids. Uh, you see now the next Mbappé like bandied around quite often. Like the current Mbappe is not even the full potential, like re- realized potential Mbappe. But the next P- Mbappe, you see that uh, in in newspaper reports quite often. The I think Nancy also Mbappe the fa- born six years after Kylian Mbappe. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think also some of the fascination comes from maybe this is just my own personal perspective, but it's like a lack of relatability. So hmm. I think about when I was 15, 16 year old, years old, and the thought of me playing Premier League football or Champions League football or whatever, at that age, I just couldn't have done it. Not, not. Obviously for the lack of talent, of course, but I mean, like, just as a as a kid, like, they're kids, like, f- at that age. And so it just feels almost kind of like otherworldly. like these people are not like us. And obviously that is true for most footballers, really, and certainly on the basis of talent. But it's just that sense, that that, that, the kind of fascination comes from that, I think, a
1: lot of it anyway. Uh, One more for you. I feel like I'm leading us into a grim direction, but, you know, that's on brand. Uh, I, I feel like in the more modern era, it's harder to get enthusiastic about Wonder Kids, and maybe that's just a product of aging. But I think also it's a product of feeling like there is less like non-branded, non-controlled access to players. And so I think you don't get as many anecdotes. Like I remember Ronaldo when he first joined Man United, there's so many stepovers. And I think it was Roy Keane just like clears him out in training as a way to show like, don't hold the ball too long, keep it moving. And those types of stories I think came out at the time and came out a little bit afterwards, but you get more of a picture of who the player is. You get maybe a few more candid interviews there. And it feels like in the modern era, in the last five years or 10 years or whatever, it's much more controlled. There is much more branding awareness. There's much more messaging awareness. You want your message to coincide with what the club is saying. And and I feel like we get less of a clear picture as to who these players are, what they're doing, until it goes poorly. Yeah. And then everybody kind of knives out, goes after the player. And so it, it like it makes it harder to be enthusiastic about youngsters for me. I I tend to be more like, "Ah, let's wait. Like, yeah, he's fine, but let's see how he develops over the next five years, which is less fun overall. Yeah,
2: I think one of the most depressing things is that this Wonder Kids concept has been commercialized by brands who, I remember Karamoko Dembele, right? He was uh, a Scottish Wonder Kids. He was at Celtic playing or training with the first team at the age of 15. And he was put in a Nike commercial at the age of 15 alongside Ronaldo and Neymar and he hadn't played a first-team game for Celtic and he hasn't done anything in his career. Now, I'm not saying he he didn't do anything in his career because he was in a night commercial, but just that, it it just feels overly cynical. Like, these brands want to find the next wonder kid so that they can essentially sell boots to 15- and 16-year-olds and say, you can be Karimoko Dembele with this pair of boots on. And I contrast that to, Ferguson tells a good tale about finding Ryan Giggs when he's, like, 16 years old. And as I remember it, it, it's Ryan Giggs playing in a park with his mates Hmm. and Ferguson watching him and not seeing, he tells a story like, I'd never seen a player dribbling in that way before and the way that he moved. And basically the story goes, he went back to Manchester City and said, I saw this young kid in the park. Who does he play for? The answer was Man City. And so they went and signed him. Hmm. I just, I struggle to, there's a romanticism in that story, yeah, right? Exactly. And, and I just struggled to believe that would
1: ever happen in the modern age of football. And when Ferguson turned around and walked away, that was when Giggs hit on his teammate's girlfriend, or did that happen later? <laughs> yeah, the pattern was established at that point, I in an early age. I imagine it was. Well, Graham Ruthman, thank you for talking about Wonder Kids, Wonder uh with me today. It is a, a really interesting topic that we could probably go even more in depth on with some individual players and some stories about players who made it and players who didn't. And maybe that's a a thing we can explore as we go, because it's just, it is always fun to be excited about the hype, but I think it's also important to like learn from the ones that didn't make it, not just in terms of where did they go wrong and how can we learn in cautionary tale, but also I think as a way to look back at ourselves and how much we're buying into hype versus actually watching the player and evaluating them fairly, how much we're, being patient with a teenager developing because so many of these players, even the ones who hit the ground running, Wayne Rooney scores a hat trick on his debut for Manchester United. And, and there's this feeling of like, oh, the sky's the limit. And in reality, there are plenty of setbacks and plenty of moments where there is some speculation as to, is he that good? Has he reached that level? And I think... If it's if it's minute to minute, what have you done for me lately? It's a lot harder to see the successes over time. So it's a good, maybe cautionary word for me, at least as a pundit or analyst or what have you to just keep that in mind when we talk about players that they are fundamentally humans and not just commodities worth discussing in commodity ways.
2: Yeah, especially with, with these, uh, the, the key is in the word wonder kid, right? Mm. They're kids. Kid. So yeah. maybe, maybe don't overhype them equally. Don't be uh, too harsh on them would be
1: my advice. Well, Graham, the greatest pie eater and podcaster the world has ever seen. <laughs> None shall ever do it better. Thank you so much for your work on this episode of Soccer 101. Thank you, Taylor Rockwell. I think I might have fulfilled my wonder kid potential on, on that front. On no other front, just the pie eating front. My parents must be so proud. I'm proud of you if no one else is <laughs> listeners thank you all so much for sticking with us tell your friends Soccer one always a good time we'll be back next week